0: Oh boy. He said full release. <laughs> Good, morning. Good morning. I'd like to just take a, a moment and look at the faces of the people the Lord has brought here today. It's exciting to be here. It's exciting to be behind a pulpit. It's exciting to be in Oklahoma. It's exciting for me to see that God, who right now is being worshipped by a whole host of heavenly beings, that if we saw, we would tremble And fall down in fear of. And they're worshiping Him. Shaking heaven with their worship. And that God woke you up this morning. And told you to come here. And you didn't know what you were getting into when you came. You don't know who I am. But I am Chris Robinson. That's my wife Melissa Robinson. We're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are with the International Mission Board. She did speak wonderfully yesterday at the ladies' tea, sang a beautiful song in Latvian. For those of you that don't know where Latvia is, uh, as I did not know where Latvia was before we went there, it's uh, bordering Russia and Eastern Europe. And uh, we've been there for about three and a half years. Before that, we were in Indonesia for 12 years. So you see the guy up here in Ghana. Uh, It was a little bit towards that side of things. Um, Eastern Europe is Europe. It's pretty progressive. It's pretty pretty modern. And uh, it's a little strange to be in a a city of, of Riga. It's about the size of Oklahoma City that was founded in 1201. It's interesting to be a church planner in a place that's had the institution of the church for over 800 years. How do you do that? Do we need missionaries in Europe? We do need missionaries in Europe. It's difficult to get up in front of a pulpit and, and describe everything that's on my heart. I, unfortunately, I could sit up here and talk about myself the whole time. I don't want to do that. This is the pulpit. The pulpit's not the gold. It's the gospel from the pulpit that makes the pulpit gold. So that's what I want to talk about today. I love sharing with Okies about what God's doing. Before we left for the mission field, I worked at Walmart. I know what it's like to be an Okie. How this is going to go, hopefully, is I'm going to talk just a little bit, as I already have about myself. I'm going to talk a whole lot about the Lord, and then we're going to talk about you just a little bit. That's the plan. Usually when you hear missionaries preach, they preach from the Great Commission. Y'all know what the Great Commission is, right? You know where that's at, Matthew 28. I'm not going to do that just yet. We're going to get to the Great Commission, but the first thing that we're going to look at is going to be in the book of Luke, the Gospel of Luke. So... If you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, we're going to go to Luke beginning in chapter 4. You might think it's a little strange to begin a sermon on missions with the temptation of Jesus, but that's how it's going to go down. And because of the time, man, I could sit here all day and preach. I love preaching. Because of the time, what I'm going to do is just going to give kind of an overview. Okay, we're going to come down, we're going to touch upon phrases, we're going to trace the, the Spirit's work in authoring the Word, and then we're going to get back to the Great Commission and how it applies to us as Southern Baptists and in, in Enid. Okay, so we're in the fourth chapter, looking at the temptation of Jesus. We pick up the story in the wilderness where Jesus is being tempted, right? He's fasting, he's hungry, he's weak. The reason why I'm starting here is because I I want us to understand the why of why we do missions. Why anyone does missions. Why you should do missions. Why every Christian should do missions. Every Christian in the world should do missions in some way or, or another. And in your minds, let's, let's think of a picture. Okay? We're on a bank in, at a creek, and we want to get to the other side. So these verses and phrases are going to be stepping stones. We're going to get across this creek dry. That's the goal. And the Scripture is going to help us do it. Okay? So the first stone we're going to jump on is verse 4. It is written... That's it. It is written. That's what Jesus said. The second stone is the same in verse 8. It is written. Jesus knew God's word. Is that strange to say? Jesus was God. God is the author of his word. So it might sound different to say it, but it's true. Jesus was full of scripture, he bled scripture. But then notice this after Satan uses scripture wrongly Jesus corrects him by using scripture rightly. You could say even that Satan had a head knowledge of scripture but Jesus had a heart knowledge. He lived scripture, he was scripture, he is the word, right? So what's interesting is this third stone that we're stepping across is verse 12. It is said He says it right after Satan misuses Scripture. Jesus ties together it is written with it is said as though they're the same thing. This is what I want us to understand. Scripture is not just words printed out. It's not just inked out on parchment in his day or printed out from a printer or on the page of a Bible. Scripture is something someone has said It's not even just Moses talking in Deuteronomy where Jesus quotes from. It's a word that's spoken. It's the same from 21 AD to 2021 AD, right? Now, this is important for us to understand. It's an important distinction for us to make, especially when we continue on. We see him being rejected in Nazareth in verses 16 to 30. Why is that important? Well, look with me at these verses, verses 16 to 30 in particular. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. So, let me read that out in full. I had a Bible that I wanted to bring, but it didn't make it to me in time, so now I'm stuck with these devices. And they're more trouble than they are. Help sometimes. Who's got that verse? I'm sorry. I've. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Verses sixteen to thirty. Thank you, John. I appreciate it. You said okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. What does he finish with? He says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing in verse 21. Right? So it is written, it is written, it is said. Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Wow. What's the, and what's the response from the people when they hear the words of Jesus? They marvel at the gracious words that he says, right? They're marveling at him. Now later they tried to kill him. But that's what the word of God does, right? To some it's a perfume, and to some it's the stench of death. But the word is active. Jesus is full of scripture, it's coming out. Jesus fulfills scripture. He's not just fulfilling scripture to those people at that time, He's fulfilling scripture for all people at all times. To this guy in Ghana who works with the company, to us today. To people in Indonesia and in Latvia, we've been on three continents. We see the same thing in every continent. People responding to the words of Jesus. That's why it's important for us to understand that Jesus, and only Jesus, is the final authority. Jesus is the authority of God because he is the word of God. So let's go across some other stones real quick, all right? Let's go to verse 36. and I'm just going to read these. I'm going to call out the verse, and you guys go to those verses and read them for yourself. Verse 36, the people were amazed and said of Jesus, what is this word? (laughs) What is this word? For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. Verse 41, but he, Jesus, rebuked them, the demons, and would not allow them to speak. Verse 43, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God. Chapter 5, verse 1. This is interesting. The crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God. Word was going around. They knew Jesus had it. God's Word. Wouldn't that be something if people knew in Enid that they could get the words of God from this pulpit? Think about that for a minute. Think about what we line up for as Americans. What if people lined up outside this church to get in here to hear the words of God? It happens. And it can happen here. It can happen in 2021. Not just 2022. Not just after the hiring of a new pastor. Our Lord is in the heavens. heavens, He does whatever he pleases. I pray that he's pleased to do that with your next pastor. Verse 5. Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. (laughs) But at your word, I will let down the nets. Good thing he did, didn't he? He let them down. Verse 13, I will be clean. Verse 24, I say to you, rise and pick up your bed and go home. Verse 27, follow me. Now, I'm going to jump ahead. Chapter 7, you don't have to go there, but if you want to, great. Chapter 7, verses 6 and 7, this is... A really special moment in Scripture. Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Therefore, I did not presume to come to you, but say the word and let my servant be healed. Now, this is powerful. Jesus marveled at that man's faith. <laughs> Jesus marveled at that man's faith. Not even in Israel. Have I found such faith? Would you like to have faith like that? This place to be known as a people who have faith that marvels the risen Savior. That's amazing. So, see those are stones, right? We're just jumping across this creek. We're getting to the other side. And from these stones... We see that Jesus has the authority as the word of God to defeat Satan, complete scripture, command unclean spirits and demons, rebuking them, preach powerfully, speaking God's word, cause an overflow of an abundance right, in the nets, heal diseases, forgive sins, make followers, and send those followers out to make more followers. See what I did? That last part, I put in a point that we didn't talk about, but now I'm going to talk about it. But first I want to ask you this. Church, do you believe these things? Do you believe that Jesus did all these things and he has the authority to do these things? Then and now? I I believe it. I believe it. But let's look at the Great Commission now. Matthew twenty eight, eighteen to nineteen. Sorry, and twenty. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, here's the connection. What we tend to do is we tend to think of the Great Commission like I just read it on purpose. I read it wrongly on purpose. I sped through verse 18. I focused on verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples. That's the command there, right? To make disciples. Well, we're Americans and we're Okies and we like to get her done, as they say, right? We like to do work. If there's a problem, we like to think about that problem and we think about how we're going to fix it. In fact, in the Oklahoma State Constitution, it has uh, what some people have called the motto, I'm not really sure it was ever the motto, but in Latin, labor omnia wincit, right? Do you guys know what that means? I had to look it up. The only reason I'm talking about it is because it was on a shirt. And I was wearing the shirt, so I want to know what it meant. (laughs) It means work conquers all. Now, that's Oklahoma. Work conquers all. But it's Jesus' work that conquers all. And he's already done it. And he's going to keep doing it. Because he is Lord. Lord. Because the word of God says that, all, that the Lord God says, All souls are mine. And the earth and everything in it is the Lord's. He can do whatever he wants with it. And he is doing whatever he wants with it. I can tell you that. In Latvia, he's working. Indonesia, we spent 12 years there. I can count on my one hand how many people came to faith and were baptized. That's grievous to me, and it should grieve everyone here. That is a hard, hard place. But God's at work there. In Latvia, in the last uh, three years, we had two families come to faith in Christ. That is amazing. I met with a guy for two years... Every week, who would at times mock my faith and the Bible as we went through the Bible. And the last Sunday that we were there, he was preaching from the pulpit. And he loves the Lord Jesus. And he believes in his miracles. (laughs) All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 19, verse 19 is the command, but it rests on verse 18, the perfect work of Jesus and His authority to command. Listen, this is just the command of, of the king over his subjects, the shepherd over his sheep, the potter over the clay. So, when we read Luke 4 and 5 and Matthew 28, or whatever we read in Scripture, remember this point. Jesus Christ has all authority. And missions exist because Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and earth. So, we don't go out as wounded people that peddle the gospel. We don't go out with a spirit of timidity. We go out with a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. We have sound minds because we're rooted in God's word. That's what I want us to be, is rooted in God's word. Whoever you bring as your pastor, he must be rooted in God's word. When I'm prepping this this sermon and it changed so many times. The Lord kept saying, I want you to preach this. I want you to talk about my word. And I want you to tell the congregation that if the pastor does not have a deep and theological basis for missions and reaching the world for Christ, tell them to stay as far away from him as possible. Don't be fooled. The man who has a heart for missions Seeing people come to faith from all the nations understands the heart of Jesus Christ. That's the man you want. When you get him, hold on to him. Because he knows the Lord. He walks with them. Now, for you, your application is a little bit more specific, I think, too. If we believe all these other parts of the Bible, it behooves us to believe that Jesus Christ has all authority and that we should therefore go and make disciples of all the nations. You hear me back there in the back? It behooves us to do that. We have to do that. We must do that. We must do that. That's our job. That's our work to do. Now, I'm reforming my theology I believe that together God is sovereign and we have responsibility as human beings. We do a lot of work. We do. But the primary work is the Spirit of God. He's the one that brings people to faith. And He he is doing that. Now, I'm not saying that everybody here has to be a missionary with IMB. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, We should be in love with Jesus so much that we want to see him worshipped in every corner of the globe and we should do everything we can to make that possible. And you can do that from Enid. I've seen churches, we've been, what, 16, 15 years now in this job. I've seen churches that look like they're on their last leg. And they are the most powerful churches in mission work that I've seen. I'm not kidding. It's amazing what God loves to use, the type of people that God loves to use. So there's great hope for us. You know, when I came to faith, uh, God told me to read his word from beginning to end, so I did that. I closed the book, and I remember thinking one thing. Whoever reads this book needs to be a missionary. Now, we are missionaries in different ways, but Melissa and I are goers. Brenda, you were a goer, right? Right? Not all of us are goers. In fact, the real work is in prayer. And the more you engage in prayer, the more you know how much work it truly is. Right? Day after day, meeting with the God of heaven and earth. Not getting discouraged, but persevering in prayer. That's the hardest work. And we all can do that. Every one of us can do that. And I know that you are a faithful people. That you are praying I want to gather those prayers and I want to focus them specifically for the nations. How I long to see God do a work at a place like this that currently maybe you don't have, but in the future you be a driving force for people like Dainis and Linda and Andris and Unda and Dace and Arturs and Artis and all these people that you don't know. You can know. Whatever country, whatever country that the Lord leads you to, you could be involved in that. Now, how does this get practical? Well, it gets practical because we've lived 15 years overseas in some some conditions you guys would just not believe. Catching water from our roof just to have water to bathe in. And then when you're done bathing in it, you have to pick pieces off because it's from the lake, you know. I mean, I could tell you crazy stories about life on the mission field. But this isn't, this isn't about us. This is about Jesus Christ and him getting the glory that he deserves as the King of Kings. And you look out on the world and you can see he's not getting the glory that he deserves. And we should be upset about that. And we should go on the offensive. Because when Jesus has authority, it means he has authority over pandemics and terrorism and evil empires and the planets. Over everything. Over your heartbeats. Since you came in this room, he's regulated every single heartbeat in this room. How many of us have thought about how many times... Our hearts have beated since we came in this room. Not one, probably. Jesus holds us together by the word of His power. <laughs> He's good, isn't He? Okay. Listen, church. Maybe God is speaking to one of you about going overseas. Maybe he is. Maybe that's an unlikely prospect. Maybe you're in a stage of life where you're like, I don't really see how that's going to work. If God wants it, he'll make it work. It's nothing to him. But maybe, I may step on some toes here, but maybe he wants you to be the family that welcomes that immigrant Muslim family that's come into the community, into your home. When I came to faith and I surrendered to missions, I surrendered by telling the Lord just don't send me somewhere hot and with Muslims. I didn't like Muslims, I knew a guy who died in one of the towers. I was racist, basically. So God said, All right, I'm going to send you to Indonesia, the largest Muslim nation in the world, like a sauna with mosquitoes every day. They could kill you, you know. <sighs> That's not surrendering, is it? Well, <laughs> God was faithful. Maybe you need to be that family to welcome these these Muslims, into your home. Have you thought about that? Really think about it. God bringing all these Muslims to the Bible Belt? Praise God for doing that. Their lives are horrible. I could tell you things that make your skin crawl. But Jesus loves them. One of his names is God is jealous. I could get carried away, but I'm I'm trying to contain it, all right? Maybe you need to fund the work of missions to be honest and direct with you. Maybe you got money and you want to use it in a way that glorifies God. I can tell you, I have never lacked bread on the mission field because Southern Baptists from coast to coast have provided for us. We had two babies born in Jakarta. We have... Been interrogated, threatened, robbed, kicked off an island for preaching the gospel. And Jesus has taken care of us every single day. Every day. And if you've given to missions, you've taken care of us. And I thank you. But just maybe one of you needs to start or continue the work that's being started here, specifically with missions, so that you become a powerful force for reaching people in dark places who have no hope. Guys, we we serve... A mighty and righteous king who is alive. And he is active. He is not silent. He is speaking. I encourage you. Go to him. Get in his word. And as we pray, I want to have a moment where we just have silence. When we, in our minds, get a heavenly picture of what's really going on in heaven right now with the angels crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. The one who is, who was, who is, and is to come, he's coming back. So as I pray, let's just meditate on that. Let's meditate on these verses that we've touched down upon. Read in depth them later. Really absorb them into your heart. And Father, I pray for this congregation that through your spirit you may press down upon them for your great name's sake. These stepping stones that will get us across the creek and to the other side. Jesus, You are the Word of God. You have spoken. You are speaking now. And You will continue to speak. And I pray, Lord, as You speak to the hearts of the people right now, that they may pause, each one of us, as we entered your holy presence, and they may ask themselves, do I really know Jesus? Do I really live with him? Is he really my shepherd? Am I really listening to his voice in every aspect of my life? Or am I shelving him and compartmentalizing him And do I only have a head knowledge of him? Do I just go through the motions? Or am I really living for him? Well, it's grace that saves, isn't it? Heavenly Father, your grace through Jesus Christ, your son, who died on a cross for our sins, was risen three days later, was ascended to heaven and will one day return. God, I pray for these people, these specific people, That they would realize within themselves, I'm not right with God, if they're not right with you, God. That you would, like your word says, Father, that you would, with your hand, you would pull them to yourself. And you would shower them right now, through your spirit, with the glory of your son, Jesus, who is beautiful. And worthy to be loved from every human heart and every nation of the world.